Since time immemorial, human beings have stared up at the stars and asked the unanswerable questions. Why am I here? What is the nature of the cosmos? What is the meaning of life? Are we alone in the universe? Will DC ever make movies as well as Marvel? How exactly did Megatron shrink? Is a detailed backstory for your first level halfling wizard even How worth it? How muscular men with pageboy haircuts lived on Eternia if they couldn't figure out that Prince Adam was He-Man? Who is going to play Alabama for the championship this what year? What does God need with a starship? Prepare your ear holes for a podcast dedicated to the philosophical quandaries of pop culture. An audio thunderdome. Two nerdy friends enter. Only one shall be victorious. This is I'm Right, and he's Rob. Go, hey, uh, welcome to I'm Right and He's Rob, but uh, I'm speaking for the first time as an intro, so it's I'm Right and I'm Rob. And with me, as always, is my best friend. Uh, this week, we're going to do something a little different because, <clears throat> first of all, my voice is cutting out on yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you've been speaking fine right up until we turn this thing on. And then suddenly, it's like you're the creepy. My voice keeper. did, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe you shouldn't have had that uh, 15-year-old scotch right before we started. Yeah. Probably a bad idea. No, I I had proposed this to Monty, and he then said, well, if you are going to do this, then you get to do the intro. Monty right. has no idea what today's subject is. Yeah. So, well, well, hold on. We got to do our – you got to get that first. Come on. Okay. So let me first introduce my best friend, the Roseanne Rosanna Dana to my church lady, the sweaty balls to my dusty muffin, the more cowbell to my van down by the river – his dick in the box to my lazy Sunday, my best friend, Monty Ike. Oh, nice. Nice. I do know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, Rob, before I usually do that, though, we do our acts of contrition first. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and last Sorry. last week we were talking about uh, Star Wars, uh, the the end, the rise of Skywalker, and our act of contrition, the one thing that we thought of immediately after we posted everything i love how you think that quiets everything i know gulp gulp (laughs) i'm gonna go ahead and loudly put my hand over the microphone (laughs) so that you can't hear me desperately drinking water like ted cruz um (laughs) our active contrition is uh yoda said something wrong yeah yeah yoda says uh there is another uh at the end of uh empire well at it, well, it's not the end of Empire. It's, it's the beginning Luke of Empire, leaving. yeah. Or, uh, no, middle, it, it's, middle of Empire. Yeah. As yeah. Luke is leaving and his X-Wing goes over, Ben says, that boy is our only hope. And Yoda says, no, there is another. So yeah. we were – I forgot about that. And the second we stopped recording, that popped in my head. and like, wait a minute. I'm wrong. Well, you were <clears> wrong <throat> on so many different things. Other, yes. Yeah, and I mean – this is like episode 38, and you've been wrong a lot. Hence uh, the title of our yeah. podcast. Okay, but so tonight we're talking, of course, uh, uh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Uh, hence and the intro. I have struggled with exactly which direction I wanted to take. I didn't know if I wanted us to debate old Saturday Night Live versus new, because it's got, what, 45 years of, mm-hmm. it will be 45 this year? Yep. Yep, it's the same age as um, us, basically. Yes. Um, it's got 45 years worth of history. We could debate the old stuff versus the new stuff. We could divide it up by about 
20 and change and or we could also de- uh, debate is it still relevant um i didn't mm. know which way you wanted to go uh Oh, well, uh, I don't know. Do you think it's not relevant? Because I still think it's relevant. I think it's relevant, but I I think the greater debate would still be not, – not ever have we debated in me like have ever taken a side that I – firmly agreed with and you firmly disagreed with or vice versa so i don't i don't know if i would ever say that i don't feel that center live is relevant anymore but is it different is it better is it worse i think that's debatable i think that's debatable uh well i think everyone thinks that they're it's okay so the 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 easiest uh uh line that you can make here is it's just like the simpsons everyone has what they think are the good years of the simpsons and the rest of them are a bit of a letdown, right? That's a great way to put it. Yeah, and and it's the same way. Uh, I think there's only uh, there's really only about five years, and I'm talking eighty to eighty five, where and and that's even debatable because uh, Eddie Murphy comes in like what eighty three and begins to save it. Um, but there there's maybe two years of complete trash. There's some there's some pockets there where they just didn't have their chemistry or they didn't find anything. Um, so but for I the most part, debate. I think I think for you the most either, part, I'll let you pick since yeah. this was my subject. I will let you pick. You either get to pick the early to I would say what early nineties or coming around the Chris Kattan to modern age. Be the Chris Kattan is the guy you pull out as like the the <laughs> well, line there. He's a pretty big like uh, uh, Will see, Ferrell uh, maybe. Uh, I think Will Ferrell's maybe good. I feel like like see this the is the end thing. Of Will Ferrell. I, yeah. I think this is a real hard thing because, well, see, you put Will Ferrell then before the modern times because I think Will Ferrell is uh, the start of the modern times. I would agree with that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, so this is it's just really hard. I will tell you this. I, I will go. I'll, I'll pick the I'm going to go ahead and play devil's advocate because everyone always says that it sucks now. No matter when you say that, it sucks now. Right. Um, mm-hmm. When when. <clears throat> fucking mike myers and dana carvey were on that show people were like yeah it's good but it's no belushi it's you know it sucks now compared to what it is and i think i think the thing about snl is it gets harder and harder the longer it runs for it to do what was so magical the first time around absolutely because that's why i say it's a lot like so it's a variety show in its own way i mean it's it's a comedy variety show a sketch comedy but there's still music, and music plays a pretty damn important role throughout yeah. its history. And I will tell you this, that uh, as far as music goes, Modern Times is a hell of a lot better than the old days. Because I don't know. Tom Waits was the first musical yeah, guest. Oh, I get he? that. But I think you forget that in the 80s, they didn't have hot, relevant acts on Saturday Night Live. They oftentimes were bringing in up-and-comers, and some of them never actually up-and-came. Okay. Like, they okay. were they – were, Music and usually selection. doing the reruns, which is the most of my ex- experience with the earlier ones. I don't, you don't, you don't even see, see it. Band. Yeah, yeah. That that's the thing. That's the thing. You might see it if it's somebody who's amazing and performs something great, but you don't see a lot of the old ones because a lot of times they were trying to be avant garde and they were bringing in people. Okay, you know how um, nowadays Conan was famous for bringing in bands who weren't yet famous. Colbert does it now a lot too. They're not famous, but they're good, right? Yeah. They're not yeah. top 40, but they're good. And he brings them in and you're like, oh, I've never heard of these guys before, but they're pretty dope. And that used to be David Letterman used to do that. Um, 
it used to be this thing and I think Saturday Night Live was like that too where they were on the 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 vanguard of music so they were giving bands in New York and LA and some of these other places where they could be found um, a chance to get on television before uh, anyone else had heard of them before radio had heard of them and on a way to get traction so the music is far more like if you look like Lizzo's on she's amazing yeah. but there's so many times where on Saturday Night Live would bring somebody on and it would be like who the fuck are these guys and you'd never hear from them again they, they just well, never would make it what I wonder especially in the earlier days like you're saying is mm-hmm. okay so a lot of these are comedians that are just doing the circuit just desperate to get on anything and let's say they finally you know well this is i'm talking i'm talking musical no, no, guests, no. not comedy. no no comedians. no i'm gonna i'm getting to i'm getting yeah. to the musical part so i'm sure that these are comedians that have opened up for some of these bands or vice versa and maybe they heard them and said oh get these guys in or, oh you know i, I don't I'm know wondering I don't know because I don't think I don't the comedians, the, the the guys writing the sketches and all that stuff have nothing to do with the musical talent. Those are talent bookers. And I think those are two totally different booking. Uh, Again, I feel like you would know this more than me, but I I've, I'm a lifelong watcher of Saturday Night Live, but I would definitely say I've fallen off the wagon in recent years but the reason of this subject came up was i watched the eddie murphy episode recently right and it it made me very nostalgic for what i grew up with and i knew that you would be able to speak about it and basically this history that has been there as long as you and i have been alive yeah yeah no i like i look i see see this is the thing is right now um you're getting a more diverse cast. Uh, you're getting uh, the writing room is still way, way, way too Harvard um, to be diverse, but it is. Uh, it's getting more diverse. But like in the old days, it was it was too. So Saturday, let's let's first talk about Saturday Night Live's origins, right? So Saturday Night Live's origins come from two things, two places: the Harvard Lampoon and Second City. Okay, Mm -hmm. so the Harvard Lampoon um, in the late 60s, early uh, 70s is so good with good comedy and good biting social commentary that they actually land launch the National Lampoon out of it. The National Lampoon has a radio show. It has a, a national publication, a comedy magazine. It's writing really good stuff, and it's really funny. There's actually a very good Netflix documentary on the National Lampoon, but it springs from the Harvard Lampoon. Um, the National Lampoon, when it starts doing things like radio, it actually goes into Second City, and it finds people like Bill Murray and John uh, John Belushi and stuff like that. It finds these Second City actors, Second City being an improvisational and sketch comedy thing in Chicago, and 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 basically Saturday Night Live. Two things happen. Johnny Carson doesn't want the Tonight Show replayed on Saturday Night Live Saturday nights anymore. So NBC needs to 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 come up with a fucking show. Um, and so they 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 come up with this idea of a sketch show. They find Lauren Michaels. Lauren Michaels does it. Lauren Michaels is already uh, a big fan of the Second City. Uh, he's Canadian. He's no. He knows Second City 
Montreal, but he goes to the main second city in Chicago and he finds these people and he also knows about the Harvard Lampoon. And so he gets this crazy group of Harvard writers and Chicago improv comedian sketch uh, people to do it. Right. And, and the whole thing about the earliest season, the not ready for primetime players, these guys weren't, there was no indication that any of them would be household names no, no, no. I, <laughs> right? Or they, that the show was going to be a show, success. Or the show is going to be a success. That's why they're called the Not Ready for Primetime Players instead of like, hey, here's Bill Murray. I mean, there's nothing individual about it. They're an ensemble from the very beginning. But what I what I say is what, what makes it harder to do what it is that they're doing now is it was such a roaring success in 75 and created such a cultural thing from 75 to 1980 that it's locked in stone. And now the people who are doing stuff now are constantly fighting these demons from the past while creating content that has to be right for today. And I think it's also really hard today. And a lot of people will tell you this. It's really hard to be a comedian in 2020. And I'll tell you that is because everything is fucking insane and the comedy is gone because there's no one playing straight man anymore. Like our government is hilarious right now, and it's yeah. because there's and so there's no one to play to. Yeah. If you're if you're playing comedy against a guy who is already like thumbing his nose at what society he's the lampoon of of himself, right? He is he's and it's not just Trump. This started before Trump. Agreed. Trump is a Agreed. reason. Trump is here is because we started to we, do that. Yeah. yeah. When 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 the when the stuffy suit conservatives started preaching this idea that they were anti counter that they were counterculture and not you know what i mean the other way around yeah yeah it, it got weirder it got so weird so yeah i mean i th- i think that i think saturday night live today has a lot of good things in it but it's so much harder to be magical can i, can I tell you a, a i won't pretend this is my own but i definitely see it i have this theory that watching Saturday Night Live now is like having a fantasy football league. Um, okay, so every week you have a team that you like, you're cheering for, like seven, eight players or whatever, and you can watch 17 different teams play and you can cheer for one individual on that team. I feel like Saturday Night Live has become where, well, maybe I don't like every, like there's seven sketches that suck, but man, that one was really good with xyz right in it and and it's like oh but he had a good game he had a good game yeah. oh my 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 player had a good game i think it's a really good analogy to compare it to fantasy football yeah that, i think i think oh, too there's also he a, had thing a really in- good season the next season looks bright for him or whatever there was a comedian that i used to follow who did uh what would what he did was he and another comedian wrote on friday a list of jokes they thought were going to be on weekend update <laughs> their version of weekend updates jokes and i thought it was amazing and it, this dovetails a little bit to me it's like that other other idea about saturday afternoon i start thinking to myself all right what is saturday night live gonna lampoon think back to the week now what is the things they're going to talk about okay it's gonna be they, they almost have to talk about trump he's just all consuming but mm-hmm. it's like everything else. What are they going to make fun of? And and I, I'm exactly right with you. Like, everyone seems to go gaga for Kate McKinnon. But I'm like, eh. Uh, for me, Cecily Strong, A.D. Bryant are, like, just 
so good at doing what is, I think, so much harder in sketch comedy. Cecily uh, Strong does this amazing thing of being both the focus of a sketch, but really adept at just being a person in the sketch that allows mm-hmm. it to be grounded. And like Amy Bryant does that thing. Yeah. 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 She, she's a great straight person, or she just is great at just doing mm-hmm. the role that isn't maybe the big laugh but grounds it and makes you go, okay, yeah, that's, this is a real sort of thing. Like she doesn't, like the thing I don't like about Kate McKinnon is Kate McKinnon is always strange. She's always weird. She's always out there. She never plays a grounded straight character. And maybe, and and, you know, that's not her wheelhouse. That's not what her fans wanted to do. But for me, it's, I think harder to play a grounded character in some sketches. And then when you do go weird, um, like Cecily Strong's, uh, uh, she does this character where she talked like this oh, and yeah, she yeah. usually has a cigarette and that's and she just does so, a pretty good. No, yeah, yeah, she does a great Melania. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she yeah. does a lot of great stuff. So, I mean, I just think that she's better, but I think you're right. I mean, yeah, there are people definitely on, um, you know, Mikey day, uh, um, uh, Jennifer Smedley, um, Jennifer Smedley told me about Mikey day before Mikey day got on Saturday night live. She took classes from Mikey Day and said he was amazing and was like, hmm. Monty, you got to meet this guy. He is the smartest, funniest person I've ever met in my entire life. And then when he got named on to Saturday Night Live, I was like, well, I guess he is. So there you go. I'm, I'm looking up who he is. So I have, a, I have a hard time remembering the more modern cast names. Yeah. Because I don't I, – I feel like – the last time I was paying close attention to was the late Will Ferrell years. Um, do I still watch occasionally? Yeah, but I wouldn't say I'm paying close attention to in at least in the last 10 years. Yeah. See, I I've watched, uh, I, I still watch, I still watch every, I mean, like I, I can honestly tell you, I don't think I've missed that many episodes in, I watched in the, about into two, my entire life. Two episodes a season is about my average. Wow. Now. Yeah, yeah, I watch them all. I watch them on Hulu the next day. I watch the cut for time sketches that they now put on social media. I watch all of it. And here's the thing: I think the thing that I want you to understand is my oh, okay. my, I know my who Mikey Day is. Yeah, okay. my my 14 year old, my 14 year old is now watching Saturday Night Live. This is her first sketch. This is her first cast. My first cast was that sort of Dana Carvey, Mike Myers. That was the first that, cast. That, that really... was yours. My first was the Joe Piscopo. Uh, I guess. Yeah, Eddie I Murphy remember. Or... I get. Yeah, I guess I do remember Eddie. Because Murphy, I remember waking up and sneaking downstairs and watching like the Mister Bill. And... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw that, but I think to me, when I really started to get everything, though, had to have been was more probably of like Dana Carvey. And... Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I remember gotcha. seeing Mister Robinson. But do you did you understand as a as a as a friggin' eight-year-old, what Mr. Robinson's neighborhood was really poking fun I at. I knew it was a parody of Mr. Rogers. Right. But I didn't understand the ghetto-ness of what he was Right, you didn't to. understand the racism no, didn't. and all that other stuff Correct. that they're talking about. I also didn't get the buckwheat thing, like, the buck, as yeah. I didn't quite get at the time. Buckwheat scenes is just funny on, on its on its own. I actually, when, when Eddie Murphy talked about it, I was like, if you remember, they did a film that was a... Uh, parody it was buckwheat being shot and that yes. was one of the most brilliant pieces of comedy in Saturday yeah. Night Live's history because and, and, here's and I think the, that's one of the first I, I was gonna say I think that's one of the first movie movies I thought well no I, I can remember a couple before that yeah but no no yeah like they, Gilda they, Ratner yeah yeah they, they shot they shot on film 
They just didn't do a lot of it. But I think one of the things that it makes Saturday Night Live amazing and one of the reasons why they've been so good for so long, especially on their parodies and especially on their films, is here's the other one. Do you remember this uh, bit where they they did uh, Abraham Lincoln instead of Louis C.K.? They they spoofed Louis C.K.'s uh, Louis show when Louis was huge, when Louis C.K. was huge huge i love they spoofed show. they spoofed his show with uh abraham, abraham lincoln right and the thing here's the things that make this amazing it looks it look it looks and feels exactly like his show like like they got the cinematography correct everything mm-hmm. looks in exactly so when they parody something everything looks exactly the way it should watch their mm-hmm. commercial parodies their commercial parodies are shot with a Our, slightly oh, different I, yeah like Everything is just slightly more TV-ish on their yeah. commercial parodies. And it's because they want them to look so much like, like a, a real commercial. commercial. Yeah. 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 Oh, fuck. So I, I, knew, I, I knew that if I just pretty much put this in front of you, you could talk ad nauseum about just about any of these. Do you have a favorite era? Era. Pardon me. Um, oh, boy. A favorite era. A favorite era. I would say I, I, for me, it was like our high school years. See, I, I will say this. When Tina Fey was uh, the head writer. Oh, sure. When yeah. Tina Fey was the head writer. And for me, it's weird. I like so many things about Saturday Night Live, but the news has always been the thing that is the cornerstone of me. Like, you can have really good sketches, but if the news doesn't pop to me, I kind of am like, eh, it was not a great episode. Um, sure. so the Tina Fey, the Tina Fey years of, of, of weekend update, the Tina Fey years of writing that show. Um, I, I'm going to say that. And I don't even know what that is. Like the early two thousands. Is that what it is? Yeah. It, I would it, say right out of college would, would have been. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, so, it's hard yeah, I, without, it. without looking at like a full fucking breakdown of all of the, sure. the seasons. It's hard for me to say. Oh yeah, that's is, definitely. Is it. she your favorite? Her and well, who who is your favorite newscasters then? Oh, is yeah. I think honestly, <laughs> okay. Well, actually, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, and... but you know, you, you got to go back before he went like right wing wingnut. Um, uh, what's Dennis his? Miller. Dennis Miller was really great. I actually enjoyed the shit out of Colin Quinn for some reason, and he was terrible at that. He was so fucking bad. He was adequate. Um, I liked when, um, oh, Dirty Dirty Deeds. Who's that guy? Oh, Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald. How about Norm MacDonald's bit of being like, uh, he would always bring up O.J. Simpson being a murderer out of nowhere. (laughs) In other news, O.J. Simpson still a murderer. And it would be like just like the yeah. greatest thing. Yeah. His was great because he would do those sort of weird non sequiturs and he would get away with the kind of stuff that you see now, like, uh, like Michael Che right now for a while there was doing the whole thing about Bill Cosby being a rapist and he would do it almost exactly the way Norm Macdonald did the whole OJ is yep. a murder. Um, I really honestly think that Jost and Che are really good together. They um, are all, oh, they're great. I think they're one of the, the shining stars consistently yeah right now right uh, yeah and especially this this undercurrent bit of che making um jost say racist things or referring to him as a racist is super <laughs> funny super super well, they, funny they really they're 
they have a good balance off of each other, which right. is, he is very dry versus. Yeah, it's, it's very much. It's very hilariously built. I, again, Jost is this Harvard guy. Jost is a fucking Harvard Lampoon guy. And what can we just talk about what kind of lucky fucking son of a bitch goes to Harvard, tells fucking jokes, gets hired by Saturday Night Live tells fucking jokes, gets put on the news at uh, Saturday Night Live, tells fucking jokes, and then I'm assuming gets blowjobs from Charlotte Johansson now. That's just fucking unfair. <laughs> fucking unfair. I don't know if you probably didn't see it then. The last couple, of, there was this, I think the last episode before the, the fall or the Christmas break um, was, oh, it was the Eddie Murphy one. Yeah, because uh, yeah. When, uh, when Pete Davidson comes on, and is basically like you don't have thirty thousand dollars rolling around. What if Scarlett wants to go to lunch? And and he said another <laughs> joke of rubbing elbows with the with the Avengers. Well, at least the elbows. <laughs> very funny, very very funny. Um, yeah, no, I, I really like them. I liked Polar. Actually, I think I think Seth Meyers and Amy Polar might have been. Really... Uh, yeah, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna lock in here. I like the buddy cop feel that those two had. Yes, they definitely had a. The high-fiving each other yeah. was always... And what that right. was, I think, too, was you start with Tina Fey and um, and uh, Jimmy Fallon, and then you get Tina and, and Amy, and that's a magical thing right there, and then Amy and then Tina leaves, and then it's Amy and Seth. So at that point now, Seth's like the... the what is he now? The fourth person to come in here, but they were continuing that same sort of dual thing. And I don't think you, mm-hmm. do you remember Cecily strong? Uh, or, yeah. Cecily strong actually was the weekend update anchor for like a season and a half when I they were still trying to, yeah, they were still trying to figure that shit out and they, they gave it to Cecily and I think she did a great job, but it's not her wheelhouse, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's I hard really to think do you, because it is, it's a pinnacle part of every episode. It's and, its own separate show inside that show. And Absolutely. That's I agree. the reason why people who, who are on the news sometimes don't do other things or they are uh-huh. like very they're into a bit the writing. part in the yeah, you would see Dennis Miller in the background yeah. of other other Which I guess that kind of makes it amazing. It, it kind of makes it amazing that Amy <clears throat> Poehler for a number of years was doing the was news yeah. and being breakout characters right and left. Where did Amy Poehler come from? Because I, I know she. Oh, came she's from, from Upright Citizens. L.A. Parade. thing, right? Yeah, that's that's it. That's yeah, it's I not mean. L.A. It's 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 New York. They're they're Chicago improvisers that went to New York because New York didn't have a good improv improv scene. So they oh. they they saved up their money for a very long time. They were all very big in Chicago uh, improv, and they saved up their money and then they went to New York and they rented a former strip club and made it into an improv comedy group. Uh, into an improv comedy club and any if you get a chance to find out more about upright citizens brigade especially the early parts of it it's super funny amy puller talks about like how you know she'd spent years perfecting her improv and then suddenly she's the one plunging toilets uh in this theater <laughs> and that's just what the life is like like you know yeah. you, you think you're going to be doing this one thing and then you find out that 90 percent of your time is paying your waitresses and making sure the toilets flush um and it's crazy which is exactly, by the way, why I never wanted to own an improv comedy club <laughs> because I mean, too much fucking shit that I don't want to deal. Yeah, well, I'm sure it's you know, so. It's I know. A job. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I've talked a lot about the modern, uh, modern times, but I, I just my biggest thing is 
it's harder to do what we see as magical in the past now because it's played out and everyone has these ideas and everyone has these expectations. And we would see it on Saturday night and we didn't have a Hulu. We didn't have a a YouTube to watch all these, you know, either 10 second bits or or 10, 10 minute bits or, or full episodes. Um, Back in the day, we would be like, well, we saw Juicy last night. I saw last night. Well, I didn't. Guess what? You got to wait until VHS, I guess. I or, yeah, or three or months later be, when it's rerun. Yeah. On Comedy Central or something, which, again, you couldn't, wasn't as reliable. It is, uh, that's not quite right. But anyway. Yeah. No, I yeah. So it's, it was more magical as if you saw it, you were kind of part of a special group. Now everybody's posting it on Facebook. So, you know, this yeah. was the funny, this was the funny joke from last night. This well, you can just get highlights the, now. Really? Yeah. And, what are the things that gone viral? I mean, it's funny. You talked to, in your intro, you talked about, um, uh, did you talk about the Chronicles of Narnia? Is that, yes. you said Dick yeah. in the Box, Chronicles No, I, I said Dick in, the, Dick in the Box and Lazy Sunday. Lazy Chronicles Sunday, Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You remember uh, like fucking Lazy Sunday changed the game on a lot of different stuff. I, I think, really did. I think if you want to look at things, take a look at um, Lonely Island because they changed Saturday Night Live. Um, that, that's the group that yeah, Andy Samberg uh, was in. Andy Samberg, yeah, yeah and okay. they they started out on the on on here in the in, in California in the Bay Area, as a matter of fact, and they were doing short videos that they were putting on channel what was it called channel 101 i think it was something like that i can't even basically like the equivalent of a public access that made it well yeah no they 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 put everything on the internet they're internet babies they're like seriously millennials that everything was on the internet wasn't public access wasn't on tv it was on a site kind of like funny or die this is really before youtube was huge this was a place where you did funny things and you posted it onto this website and people went and watched videos. And it was called, like, I think Channel 101, but I can't remember exactly. A guy I went to work with was a huge fan of Andy Samberg before he was big. Right. And, they had and, a stupidly funny, um, like, they had this show that was called The Boo. And it was like, uh, instead of Malibu, it was called The Boo. And it was like the OC. It was like a spoof of those shows. A spoof of the o- yeah. And it was like The Boo. And I remember, like, oh, God, it was just so funny. And they actually even, I mean, it got to the point where they were shooting uh, scenes in a hospital in the same abandoned fake hospital that Scrubs was filmed in. Like, you know, Scrubs <laughs> was filmed in a, yes, yeah, a decommissioned hospital. That's yes, why it looks so hospitally. Um and they were filming in like the same things. And as a matter of fact, Sarah, Sarah Chalk from uh, from Scrubs. Scrubs. Yeah, was in the boo. I remember very specifically there's this series of episodes she was guest starring in. And then she she couldn't be there because of Scrubs for some of these scenes. And I want to say they just put another person in a wig and made, her <laughs> be the, and made him or her be the same person. It was like like ridiculously obvious that this is not the same person and it was just so great what so, was the andy sandberg movie i believe most of the people hot rod from that hot rod that, yeah, yeah they were yeah. all they're, they're all, all lonely island there, right? yeah yeah, yeah. I, everything in their their music stuff uh, the video the thing about lonely island they were all picked andy sandberg became a cast member but the two other guys wrote and uh one of them i can't remember which one one of them directed almost all of their videos 
And if you notice anything about the Lonely Island, uh, not just Lazy Sunday, but everything that they did. On, on a boat, all those. On a boat. Are, yeah. They're all directed yeah. exceedingly well. But that's yeah. that. That's the thing, though. Like, right now, and I talked about this earlier, You, the olden days, everything comes from Harvard and Second City, right? Nowadays, you get people like Kristen Wiig was from the Groundlings of L.A., which is kind of like Second City, but... Um, a little bit different. Now you get people like I think Bowen uh, is it Yang, the one of the new cast members, the Asian cast member. Um, he's from Denver, <laughs> is is where he's originally from. Um, but there, you're getting a lot more people who are not. And this is the thing too is they're not necessarily stand ups. Uh, a lot of them have some. Some of them are stand ups that are are on camera. Pete Davidson is a stand up, but they also In- do sketch. But improv? I think, is it, yeah, I think there's a it, lot of improv still, but now you're getting people who are just doing funny videos. They're writing, like, okay. um, they're just uh, comedic minded. Yeah, like, oh, Jesus, now I'm forgetting. I want to say that, um, oh, Bennett, um, is his name Brooke Bennett? And then, um, one of the other guys did videos too in LA. And, um, you know, they, they, the internet means that if you write a funny sketch and can somehow get traction on it, um, it can be viral. And then suddenly you might get a phone call that's like, hey, we'd like you to write. I mean, that's the crazy thing about the world is to now. I don't necessarily have to go to sec- Second City. You can be discovered without. Yeah. Being I mean, Lauren Michaels, is, Lauren, Lauren Michaels has widened that net. That being said, still a ton of people from. Well, yeah, you've got the whole world now you're competing against versus just an audit. Yeah. That was my watch. I don't know why the fuck it went on. (laughs) There we go. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about some of the older stuff because I feel like we've given the newer stuff. Uh, I remember probably like the biggest thing when we were in middle school to high school was – if we could do a, uh, an imitation of whatever imitation they were doing, like church mm-hmm. lady, you did a great, Im- you know, that was, that was the thing growing up for us was if we could mimic what we were seeing on that show, yeah. um, band down by the river, how many internet videos of kids wearing jackets doing imitations that you still see today. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, well, I, let's see, I wrote a sketch. Didn't I, I wrote a Hans and Franz sketch for my German club? In, That's right. <laughs> in, in in eighth or ninth grade, we did um, a Wayne's World sketch for French class, if I recall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, uh, it, yeah, it, that was exactly what it is. And I think that I think that it's what's what I think is different about today versus before is today feels like like one of the best sketches in the last two to three years was this amazing sketch. With um, Matt Damon and um, why am I like now all of a sudden I've completely forgotten everyone's name. Well, there's a um, big cast of people. Anyway, the, the Weezer, the Weezer sketch. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That is so funny. It is so amazing. But that's not something um, that you as a kid can go and spoof later on. I'm going to make the joke of uh, of, you know, <laughs> of who's. Uh, 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 if Weezer was, you know, when did Weezer uh, stop being good? That sketch, though, was so great. And um, it was also amazing because it didn't have to, um, it didn't have to be, um, it didn't have to be about anything in, Leslie Jones is in that. I'm trying to also think Brooke Bennett's is in yeah. that. I'm, I think it's, it's, it is, it's Matt Damon and Leslie Jones that go out after each other 
Cecily's in that sketch as well. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. Um, well, I feel like the modern stuff, the more modern era, we're getting away from a character-driven, reoccurring character. Yes, driven. yes, that's what I mean. Um, yeah. So and back back in the, the day, character. back in the day, it was what is this character that we can reoccur? And like we have Wayne's, Wayne's World, World right? Have, with yeah. Wayne's World branching off and doing the whole uh, Madonna sex like spoof and yeah and going off and doing it. it was all like that it was like a it was a movie machine but i think what happened though is rob is i think people stopped giving blues crap. brothers blues brothers was a hit right <laughs> it was a movie and they're like let's make the next characters let's right yeah let's character. do that but then that fad went away and yeah i think it did i think honestly after will ferrell i think um and those guys went through that stuff i think making movies with saturday night live people only Stopped. I mean, even Kristen Wiig didn't do, like Kristen Wiig had Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids is not a Saturday Night Live property, right? No, you know but what I mean. But it, you, if you were to ask a, a novice as myself, I would probably go, "Oh, that just feels like a Saturday Night Live movie because of that cast." Uh, that that would be. Mm-hmm. What, but it's unfair to, for me to say that. Yeah, and I understand that. But that's what my my novice mind in the Saturday Night Live realm would go. Well, that's. I'm that's trying to actually think of what movie. what is the last Saturday Night Live sketch turned movie turned that, movie. Uh, was it It's Pat? Because <laughs> that feels like uh, that would have killed um, it. Uh, Corky Romano was that was that a? I don't know if that was a character or not. I was don't Corky know. Romano. Um, I in a way I feel like all of the characters that later come with Will Ferrell movies they feel like they're SNL characters. I realize they're not. Because like you know, Step Brothers, that feels like that's an SNL sketch. Um, but it's not. That that's not. It's I not. mean, it's no, it's not. But oh, MacGruber. MacGruber was oh literally the last one. I'm wow. looking at this list on Wikipedia. To this day, I still couldn't believe that that was made into a movie. I know, and it's actually a very good movie. I've been told that I still have not. It's seen it's it. crazy that it is as good as it is. Well, let's look. So it's the Blues Brothers, Wayne's World, Coneheads, Wayne's World Part Two, It's Pat. Stuart Saves His Family, Blues Brothers oh, 2000, Night at the okay. Roxbury, Superstar, which is actually pretty good, I've and never seen Superstar. The Ladies' Man, and then MacGruber. Honestly, That's it's amazing. It? It's amazing when you think about it that with It's Pat, Stuart Saves His Family, Blues Brothers 2000, and The Ladies' Man, we even got to see a MacGruber movie. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, the the most successful would probably be the Wayne's World and then the Blues Brothers. Oh um, yeah, Wayne's World uh, by and far. Night of the Roxbury actually did pretty well. Yeah, that's a weird, I think, but that's, that's a, more of a cult hit. Yeah, it's not it's not a great hit. Uh, Blues Brothers was one of those movies that I was almost as a kid surprised that that was based on anything. It's just such a good I was idea. The same way I did. Like, I just and what's really funny is the Blues movie. Brothers as a bit. That, that I mean that most of it is that movie, dude. When the when they came out and did the Blues Brothers on Saturday Night it's, Live, it was just them performing. It was just yeah. them singing. It's because John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd was a huge blues fan, still is to this yeah. day, and John Belushi just enjoyed the fact that he was given the opportunity to sing with a band yeah. full of legends. You know what yeah. I mean? That's yeah. That is an amazing thing that came out of it. Um, God, Carrie Fisher. That's like literally my second favorite Carrie Fisher role. It's an amazing. <laughs> it's an amazing movie. She's she's really great in that movie. I she's keep forgetting that fantastic. she's fantastic. 
Yeah. When people uh, are like, oh, I didn't realize Gary Fisher was so funny. I'm like, uh, did you see fucking Blues I, Brothers? She's, she's fucking hilarious in that movie. She's barely in Blur and Burbs. But yeah, oh, that's right. That's true. And, but she's also just playing like that sort of. She's a straight man, literally. Yeah, she's literally she's, like she's, the. Ugh, look at me. I'm just a. I'm a suburban housewife who has to deal with my stupid husband. Yes. Like you know, the <laughs> the exact role that you know. Oh, I know what I wanted to bring up. Um, one of my favorite things about Center Night Live, especially in the middle era, I would say middle mm -hmm. years was when they would bring a sports guest or somebody that was not an actor or, yeah. you know, and I think maybe this is probably how the world really got to see the rock for the first time was when he hosted I, his first time hosting. I was think he has the rock. Like, yes. Yeah. As the wrestler, a... the rock. And oh, of course okay, he yeah. was a charismatic guy on his stage. But to see him, I think this was like his first time coming out and doing an acting role. Do you do you do you think that Bait and Manning would have as many commercials on TV right now if he hadn't have uh, done such a great job on Saturday Night Live? I I think the fact that he is so dry and so not funny, he's funny. Right. It, but I mean, it, no, there's comic sense there because, like, if you remember mm -hmm. the best the best thing that he did. Oh God, actually, the the very. The, the little very, video, the, yeah, the video of him hitting the kids in the back, the kids is, is so funny, fucking hilarious. To me, the best sports figure on Saturday Night Live is Joe Man, Joe Montana's bit. Do you I, remember that? Yes, I do. That's okay. Yes, it do. won't bother me. And then the voiceover. Yes. That's okay. It won't bother me. I forgot I'm going to go upstairs. That. I'll be upstairs masturbating. Masturbating. I'll be upstairs I'll be, masturbating. I like about the, that. the voiceover would... that says he's like he just tells nothing but the truth. Do you remember when Joe Manchiella hosted? Um, no, but sure, go well, ahead. He was doing his intro, and he was, you know, all of a sudden he sees he sees a uh, a man and the boy stand up in the audience and start to walk away, and he's like, "Hey, wait, wait, wait! I'm I'm in the middle of my monologue. What? Why are you leaving?" And he's like, "We thought it was Joe Montana that was hosting." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, even as a kid, I didn't know who this guy hosting was because I had never seen him on, you know, whatever yeah. he was in at the time. And see this man and this boy get up out of the audience, and I, was, <laughs> yeah, I. That's so funny. Yeah, I think that's uh, for well, you know. Then there's, but then there's also terrible hosts. Oh like, yeah, like oh, uh, yeah. like uh, Rudy Giuliani. Like when Donald Trump hosted was absolutely terrible. I've never seen the episode that he hosted. Uh, uh, it's I, it's not good, and you can tell that every single person in that cast was like, is, "Why are we doing this?" Yeah. Um, On the other hand, of, they were trying to capture the zeitgeist. So yeah. Um, speaking of Donald Trump, I have listened to I I listened to quite a few podcasts and many comedians, and I have yet to hear one comedian who is positive has a positive spin on having Alec Baldwin do uh, Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. And, and it's not because they think he's a good or bad imitator of it. Yeah, it their feeling is he's taking away a role from somebody who should be, who's in the cast. Like oh, he yeah. is there Absolutely. just to do this role. And they feel like there are other people in there that it, it's taking something away from the show. Absolutely. To just so, bring him in to do this one yeah. character. So it became this thing in, in, in 2018 where every single member of the Trump administration was either played by Kate McKinnon 
or a famous person. McCarthy, yes. Jennifer, uh, uh, Melissa McCarthy, not a famous. cast member. Melissa McCarthy comes in as Spicer, and everyone goes Gaga, yeah. and it's really funny and good. You've got Ben but she Stiller was the coming host in at the time yeah. she did that, so that made sense, and that was okay. Ben Stiller, but, but then she, she kept recurring. coming back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ben Stiller comes in as Cohen, which is funny just because he kind of looks like Cohen. I mean, there was yes, just a, then. Then you've got uh, uh, Robert De Niro coming in as Mueller, which again made sense because he does kind of look like Mueller. <laughs> Who's the guy who keeps playing Bernie? I'm sorry, I can't think of his name. He keeps oh. playing Bernie. He Are keeps you... doing the yeah. I, well, I can't think of the actor. Uh... Curb your enthusiasm. Yes, Larry I can't David. think of his name. Thank Larry you. David, dude. Yeah, he keeps coming back as Bernie. I'm... I, you know what though? There's some people where I like, yeah, sure, you could maybe get somebody to do a Bernie Sanders, but the fact that those two look like I did, like the only difference between Larry David, yeah, too. they do, and you know they're related, right? No, they're like fourth not. cousins. They're like fourth cousins. I did cousins. not know that. They found this out after he did the, the bit. <clears throat> they went on the the PBS show um, about ancestry, and they they they're related by blood. They're Holy they're not crap, that. That's hilarious. But yeah, no, Larry David's the reason why Larry David's doing that, in my opinion, is is because he looks so much and sounds so much like Bernie Sanders. Larry David is just Bernie Sanders if he owned a comb. That's the only <laughs> difference between those two guys. And so there's some of those things where that. That makes sense. Everyone, when Bernie Sanders like really got going, was like, "Why does that guy look so much like Larry David?" Mm. Um, you know, and that's what I think that's it. But yeah, I I think honestly speaking, I you know, especially considering the fact that you've got um, uh, what's his face, who's you know now just does the intros, but did Donald Trump impressions before? You know mm. what I mean? The weird thing is they had <laughs> Woody Harrelson as joe biden and or yeah. jason sudeikis you know which i don't know if that's yes. because they wanted jason sudeikis and sudeikis wasn't around so then they got woody harrelson i don't know it just seemed weird for a while but i, I agree with you i think it, you know, the other thing that i think is that that really bothers me about the modern uh take right now is kate mckinnon has such a loyal following that they literally are like well we need somebody to do this can kate do it and it's mm -hmm. like she's doing everybody She's literally yes. doing everybody to the point where she has to be, be two in different people. For four, wow. Yeah, yeah. Just in the in the one with I was it the one in Eddie Murphy where she was not only Nancy Pelosi but she was also someone else. She she like played literally two different people in one sketch. She, she I, I want to say you're clothes. right. I can't remember. I remember her it was being Nancy, Nancy Pelosi, I and then don't. it was somebody else, and I don't remember who she played first. But yeah. Anyway. Um, she was Elizabeth Warren in the last. Yes, it's, it's a, no. It's a, she played Elizabeth Warren, and then at the end she plays Nancy Pelosi. She literally quick changes during the sketch and comes out as a second character, which is crazy town to me. Um, anyway, I so my thing is this: I I don't think it's fair to compare, um, the 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 late or the two thousand twenties, the two thousand teens Saturday Night Live. With the early, the early, I, first of all, everything is a lot more political now because our world is a lot more political. And yep. you even remember in the 80s, it was just, you know, even when Clinton was around, it just wasn't as political. We didn't no. talk about Republicans and Democrats as much. It wasn't that way. We just didn't do mm -hmm. that. It was not as political as it, you know, th so that one, that one thing makes it easier. You got to do a lot more sketches that were just the human experience and then just weird things because you didn't have to delve into this 
One of my favorite sketches too from from recent years is I think it's a Cecily Strong sketch. We're like halfway through the sketch, they start breaking down the fourth wall and start going. I mean, they've got kids in camps now, and I just can't even like where they. They're, it's supposed to be these people in the sketch dealing with something, and then they hilariously broke break the fourth wall, and it's every person in the sketch going. How are we supposed to make jokes when this whole fucking world is on fire? And it's mm-hmm. very funny to me as a comedian and as a person because. Yeah, how the hell are we supposed to do all this stuff when everything is on fire and everything is weird? And I'm not just saying that, like, oh, the Republicans are wrong. That's not what I'm saying is we don't have civility anymore. Politics no. is exceedingly vi- uh, vitriol. And uh, and we don't live in the same. I mean, literally, our our, our form of government and our, 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 our nation is in a crazier place now, thanks to talk radio, than it used to be. And... Uh, mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think it was an easier time, and it was easier to do these character-driven things instead of yeah. constantly having to do sketches about how fucked up our world is. Yeah. Okay, so I'm sure we're wanting to wrap it up here shortly. Yeah. Uh, is there a favorite cast member you have from any era? Is there a favorite sketch type? What what? One or two things that stick out. Okay, over yeah. Over the years, uh, things that made me super laugh. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but I think it was Tom Hanks and uh, and somebody else did these. I think maybe it was John Lovitz did these things where it was two guys up against a wall at like a social gathering, and women would walk by and they would be like, "Hey, hello, gorgeous, goodbye." It goes. <laughs> Those sketches were really funny. Oh, there was also uh, Billy Crystal. Billy, we didn't even talk about Billy Crystal, and he really. Well, there's, a, there's a billion people we didn't talk. Yeah, about. Yeah, we didn't talk about a billion people. Billy Crystal did uh, those Phil sketches. Phil is... Phil, oh, how about the uh, the OCD, uh, the cooking show with the OC? What is you know oh, what I mean? Kevin Neal. The, the, no, no, the obsessive oh, the, compulsive, anal retentive, anal anal retentive, retentive chef. And yes. I'm just going to go ahead and put this in a baggie, and we're just going to staple this right here, <laughs> and then we'll put it. God, that's so funny. I thought, when you started saying that, I thought you were talking about Kevin Nealon's uh, Sublim- uh, Mr. Subliminal. Subliminal, yes, yeah, yes. which is also that's, very that's, funny. Uh, how about Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer? There's just so many things that are super funny. Frankenstein, Tonto, and Tarzan. Yes. yes. <laughs> I really want to say that there's something special about the Dana Carvey, Phil Hartman, Kevin Nealon, that era. You know, Mike Myers kind of comes in later in that. There's something about that little patch that I I hold a fun spot a fond spot for. Uh, I can tell you the very first sketch I remember seeing, which was with Jim Belushi. Uh, yeah, Jim Jim Belushi. Jim Belushi. Um, um, but it, it, I I want to say it wasn't a live sketch. It was a pre-recorded sketch, and it was Jim Belushi walks into the bathroom at a bar. He's in a bar. He's hitting on a girl. It's not going well. He goes to the bathroom. To this day, I've not seen it since, but I vividly remember it. He's in the bar. He's getting, he's hitting on a girl. It's not going well. He goes to the bathroom, and he sees a guy wash his hands, dry him off, and stick a couple paper towels down it to make it look like he's got a bigger bulge. Mm-hmm. Sticks a couple paper towels down his pants so he's got a bigger bulge. And he walks out all suave. And Jim Belushi looks and is like, hmm and sticks a bunch down, comes out with what looks like a garbage can full of papers. And just, and I didn't understand at the time I saw it. What's so he's got a big bulge. I didn't get it. 
big and dick all energy. These women, <laughs> and all these women come swarming him as he walks out the door. And I want to say that was like 82. Yeah. But big dick energy, that's, man. That's the very first sketch I can remember. But I would say probably my favorite would be nice penis. Nice penis. Nice. <laughs> that was so great. <laughs> oh, geez. That one's so good. Um, God, hey, how's your penis? Yeah. yeah. The you remember the it's a wonderful life uh, uh yes, yes. separate ending is a good one. God, this is so hard for me to find one oh, sketch know. that is There's just many like, many so amazing to me or made me laugh. The, the Gilda Ratner tribute one was so heartbreaking. Like she had passed and they played where she did the goofy thing with um Steve Martin. Yeah. Where it was like a dance, but it yeah. was beautiful, but then it was silly, then beautiful again. And Yeah, yeah. That is absolutely <clears throat> one of the best. I am going to go out on a limb and maybe say that, in my opinion, one of the best fucking sketches ever done is the Eddie Murphy film where they use makeup to turn him white. <laughs> And I remember he goes that. he yes, goes into the yes. bank and there and he's like I, I vividly uh, do I do that. I need yeah. to get collateral and they're like what are you talking here just take it. Um I think that is by and far one of the greatest pieces of uh comedy yeah. satire in the world but I I yeah I I want to I think I think Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer is just stupid and weird. Oh, um Lothar of the Hill people? Lothar um, of the Hill. Yeah, these are all great. I really liked Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer too. That's a great one because of the it's the bait and switch. It's the it's 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 a deconstruction of that idea of the we're gonna set you up and then it's gonna be something totally different. And I I really enjoyed that a lot as as a young man. I there's just so many. I I don't know if I can really pin it down. down. Yeah. Um, you know, Joel Hodgson no, uh, of MST3K was on Saturday Night Live back in the early '80s as a stand-up in that same sort of that same sort of slot that uh, Andy Kaufman was in. Uh, okay. He would do okay. puppets and, and things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. kind so. of a prop comedy. Yeah, he was very much. That was before prop comedy got ruined. Mm. Remember, in the '70s, prop comedy was amazing. I.e., Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> you have to re- what, too. yeah when you when you think too. of when you think about it if you think about it the 70s were huge on prop comedy gallagher had arenas filled with people to watch his bullshit where he would strut mm-hmm. around stage in high-waisted slacks and talk about how america was weird. i wish i could do a gallagher invitation i know it's I, oh, no one knows his, yeah i don't no one gives a shit what his fucking voice sounds like He's, it's just show us the watermelon. All right. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I think you win just by having much more knowledge on the subjects anyway. So I am going to give you the win. Oh, well, uh, we deserve that. Okay. Good. Especially because uh, this was my subject and I wanted you to. Yeah. I feel like just, this is I a Christmas present. Live. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. just wanted to talk Senate live more than anything. And, and I, yeah. I feel like I'm forgetting something important. I'm sure we are. There's so many things about Saturday Live that, I yeah. mean, it's 45 years of coverage. but And it did have, I mean, we gloss over this. There's plenty of really sucky things. Sucky oh, absolutely. Things. How about the fact that and, uh, Wayne's World came on as the last sketch, which if you've watched enough Saturday Night Live, you know that the last sketch is usually shit. It, Wayne's it, World it came on as the last sketch of the night. 
and was amazing. And it's one of my favorite experiences because I remember going, hey, did you guys see Wayne's World? And like a lot of people at school had. were like, no, I didn't stay up that late. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, this sketch was hilarious. It was about a Hessians, just like you fucking losers. Um, and uh, <laughs> great to me. I remember uh, hearing something where Wayne's World was actually filler. Like, yeah. I, don't, I think it was probably even somewhat of a surprise because it was uh, both Dana Carvey and Mike Myers both were channeling people they knew. Right. Uh, uh, um, Dana Carvey said that was his brother. Yeah. He was totally channeling his brother, who was like that to this day. Um, but I, I, I think Mike Myers was channeling just his younger self. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. All right. Well, uh, I win. Good, 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 good. Mm-hmm. Let me just put this tally down here. And since you win, I do believe you get to say our outro. You mean the outro that we say every single episode? That, the that, one that, that we're known that we for? Say, yeah. The one that we have shirts printed and people wear all around town? I'm wearing um, the hat right now. That you're wearing the hat. That's right. Uh, and uh, a lot of people have been asking here in San Jose, where can we get these shirts? And I'm like, oh, they're Omaha exclusive. You have to get <laughs> in Omaha. Sorry. The I'm right and uh, our, uh, he's Rob. He's uh, Rob catchphrase. Sh- shirts are only available at Spencer Gifts in, uh, in the Crossroads Mall. Um, and sadly, the, they were available in the afternoon, but that's closing. All right, so uh, Rob, uh, thanks so much for this uh, easy victory. And as always, I say to you, Rob, you ignorant slut.